whoever wins the World Cup, you're just going to have an amazing time. Not all teams can get the victory. What sort of a position women's football holds inside the halls of power of FIFA? I wish I could go to Australia because I know it's going to be fantastic. The ticket. Reflections. Hello and welcome to the Ticket to the Cup podcast. I'm David Mark. I'm in Tamaki Makoro, Auckland. I'm with Ash Tullock, New Zealand sport journalist and ground announcer at Eden Park. Ash, thanks very much for joining me. Thank you. It was an exciting game last night, wasn't it, Eden Park? It was one. Of, it was a nil-all draw between the United States and Portugal, but it was one of those nil-all draws that's actually really exciting. Yeah, and I don't think anyone expected that game to go the way that it did. Maybe the Portuguese did. They came in with a very, I think, aggressive, ambitious goal, and they did very well. I don't think anyone thought the 21st-ranked team in the world would keep USA, the number one team in the world, to nil all. Um, they did come out and play very tactically, very aggressively, and when they had shots on goal, they gave it a good mm. nudge. Um, you know, late in that game when they had that open goal and it just the ball went to the post, it was the whole stadium gasped. Um, but I think it was probably a bit of a wake-up call for the Americans, don't you think? Well, Portugal had to win. And well, they both did. They both did, really. I think, although the United States knew that a draw would probably be enough. But Portugal absolutely had to win. And they played with such daring and flair. I thought they were the better team. Yeah, and crazy to think that this is their World Cup debut. Like, to go out and to perform like that uh, in their very first World Cup campaign. And the emotions after the game, you know, they were... They were really gutted. You could just, I mean, they, there was a lot of tears. There was a lot of people who were just, I think, devastated because they had, they had played so well. And in many ways, they were the ones who many people would say deserved to actually win that game. Um, Carly Lloyd, who is obviously a legend uh, from the USA, World Olympic champion, she has, has said overnight that the Americans are lucky to still be in this World Cup. Well, they are. They had that first up 3-0 win against Vietnam and then a draw against Netherlands and now this draw against Portugal. They didn't look cohesive. Uh, they've won the past two World Cups, but on current form, you'd have to say there's a lot of teams that are ahead of them. Yeah, and we've, we've said this kind of from the start, haven't we, that teams do have kind of early bumbles, early nerves, and it does take time for things to be ironed out. Um, I guess it's surprising that it's taking the Americans so long because they're not new to this level of football. They have systems in place. They have a very slick operation. And so let's be honest, people will be expecting more from them. The result means that the United States will play Sweden in their round of 16 match in Melbourne on Sunday. And Sweden, uh, last time um, up, they played uh, Italy and they beat them 5 0. And they looked fantastic. The last time these two teams played was actually at the Olympic Games and Sweden beat the United States 3-0. So they've got good form against them. And you'd have to say at the moment, uh, Sweden should beat the United States yeah. in that match. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and it's an exciting game because I think as we get further into the tournament, we're seeing these big matchups. Sweden are ranked number three in the world. As you say, they beat Italy 5-0. They also beat South Africa 2-1 earlier in this um, World Cup. And I just think, you know, 
the the Swedish have looked good from the outset. The Americans were sort of waiting for them to pull up their socks. So, you know, I, I really do hope that people do go out and they make an effort to, to buy tickets to um, to that game because it does make a big difference, doesn't it, having that huge crowd energy. Well, I think that's one thing the United States do have. There were 43,000 people at Eden Park last night, and not all of them, but some of them will probably now go on to Melbourne So for that match. Let's talk about some of the other games last night, just briefly. Well, look, the Netherlands, 7-0 against. Vietnam. The Vietnam, the Vietnamese have been trying hard and they did quite well against the United States, but it feels like last night they crumbled and the Netherlands were just imperious. Yeah, and that's kind of how it's going to be sometimes, isn't it? When you've got yep. those sort of solidified um, relationships within a team, you can just, yeah, they wanted to make a statement and they did. So good on them. And some Group D matches last night. So Denmark 2 defeated Haiti nil in Perth, Bourlou. And England, six, are really hitting their straps. They beat mm. China uh, six goals to one in Adelaide, Tantania. So there's a couple of things out of these results. First of all, we now know that the Matildas yeah. are going to play Denmark in Melbourne, Nam on Monday. That's going to be a very tricky matchup for the Matildas. Yeah, and I think coming off their last game, they're going to be having to sort of reassess and just take a breath. And the round of 16 is kind of like a clean slate in a way. You know, it's a chance to go, all right, we've got the pool play behind us. Let's clear our, our heads. Um, and, it, you know, the round of 16 is also interesting because I'm sure they've obviously thought about Denmark, but you you just don't know who you're going to be playing until you know. So there'll be a lot of sort of analysis, there'll be a lot of kind of things going on behind the scenes. But I imagine that they'll be wanting to go on into this one really focused and wanting to sort of set the tone early on. Well, let's hear from Denmark's captain, Pernil Harder, who spoke to Tom Wilde in Perth last night. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's been a lot has changed since we spoke to you a week and a bit ago. You're through the knockout stages. How does it feel? Yeah, I'm happy, very happy. I'm proud of the girls. Uh, it's a long time since Denmark, uh, first of all, went to the World Cup, but also uh, got to the round of 16. So, yeah, I'm just very happy. Is it a sense of relief or is it a sense now of excitement with what you might be able to achieve? Excuse me? Is it a sense of, a, a sense of relief that you're through to the knockout stages or that you, is there a sense of sort of excitement now going forward? I mean, that was, it was our first goal for the tournament to went, go through the group stages. Now we can, I mean, now everything can happen. You know, we know that from the Euros in 2017, when you're first out of the group stage, then everything can happen. How are you? It looked like you had some strapping on your leg after the game. Are you fully fit? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, I just have to take care of my left hamstring. I had a, it's not a long time since I came back from a long injury, um, so just have to be careful. What was your feeling when you put that penalty away? Did, did the pressure lift a little bit for you guys then? Yeah, I mean, the first goal, it's important to get that. Then you uh, can play a little bit more freely, but again, we knew that uh, Haiti would come with some speed in front, and they did. Simone said you guys watched the Matildas play last night, and now you know you play them in Sydney next week. What have you made of them, and, and what are we anticipating in Sydney? Yeah, I think they've done really good. Um, so it will be a difficult game, especially also with all the spectators in the stadium. It will, um, it will be an experience for us, that's for sure. Will it be the biggest game that a lot of you guys have played in? Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you and congratulations. Thank you. The ticket. As for England, they're building really nicely. They didn't start 
with amazing conviction, but that 6-1 win over China last night shows their mettle. They're the European champions and, and one of the teams that could take out this World Cup. Yeah, I think the reality is that there are a lot of people who believe that this is the team to beat now, um, particularly with the way that the USA have been playing. I think there will be a lot of people who believe that you know, England should be the number one side for everyone to kind of watch out for. They have a huge target on their back. Um, it'll just be interesting to see if they can hold hold their nerve and just continue, as you say, to keep building because that's what counts from here on. And Bernadette Clark spoke to English striker Bethany England after that game last night. All right, just tell me how you're feeling right now, 6-1. to one. Yeah, great performance. Um, I think it's about time we finally got more than one goal in. I'm really chuffed for the goals today. Uh, yeah, disappointed that we conceded a goal. We wanted to try and keep that clean sheet, but other than that, proud of the girls and happy with the performance. Next up, Nigeria. How are you guys feeling about that? Yeah, I think obviously it's going to be a tough game. Um, they've done well this tournament so far and it's going to pose a different threat. So I think we're just going to have to go back to the drawing board and prepare for them as best we can and hopefully give them a good fight. Do you think that you guys are looking like you can go all the way? <laughs> That's the question everyone wants to answer, but I think at the end of the day, we, uh, we've had a bit of change and we've had to get used to that. I thought we adapted well tonight. I thought this formation suited as well. I thought the girls played really well. We were strong in defence and in attack. And hopefully we just, like say, continue that form going into the next game. So, Ash, let's talk about some games today. We've mentioned Sweden before, and I've said they're going to finish on top of the group, although they've only played two matches, but they're that far ahead. They're playing Argentina Tonight, these are Group G matches in Kirikiru or Hamilton. Uh, Argentina have got one point and the, the Swedes, as I said, looked amazing. You'd think that Sweden are going to blitz that game. Yeah, you would think so. But then again, let's think about what happened last night with USA <laughs> and Portugal. Yeah. Um, so I agree. There is definitely an expectation that Sweden should be able to dominate that game. Um, but let's see, because I do really believe that sometimes teams can sort of rest on their laurels a little bit and maybe not expect much from a side, and that's when they can surprise. So, you know, let's see what what the Pumas can do. And this is one of those interesting ones where you get to the third round of pool matches. So often the, the third game... Uh, are, are crucial, so teams have to play their best teams in order to get a win. Whereas Sweden's in a position now where they know that they're going to finish on top of the group. Do they rest a few players? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? At the end of the day, like that's what the coaching staff are there to do. That's their job to sort of play that sort of Tetrix and work out mm. what needs to happen where. And it is a good chance to potentially blood players that haven't spent time on the field. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's going to be my game of the evening. <laughs> yes. The other one is Italy versus South Africa at Te Atara Wellington. Italy is currently sitting on second. They've got three points. They need a draw at least or a win to get through. They weren't that great against Sweden the other day. So this is a danger match, although South Africa haven't been impressive either. No, unfortunately they haven't. But if they really do want to pull, pull something out of the bag, it's now or never, right? Yes, absolutely. And in Melbourne, uh, Nam, Jamaica take on Brazil. And in Sydney, Gadigal, we've got France versus Panama. So Brazil and France are the teams that um, are sitting on top of that particular group, Group F at the moment. But tricky games for both of them, probably particularly for Brazil, because Jamaica have looked okay in this competition. Yeah, I guess the other interesting thing is that Brazil are number eight in the world. 
Um, the last time that these two teams actually met, that Jamaica and Brazil met, was in 2019 in France, and Brazil won 3-0. So, I mean, maybe they will feel confident in that, but at the same time, as you say, Jamaica have actually been looking good. Um, and up against France, it was nil all. So um, that could actually be quite a spicy match as well. Yeah. <laughs> Vlatko Andonovsky was saying that he really thought that what had happened in this World Cup is that we're seeing the teams that are ranked 15 to 40 are the ones that have we've seen the big improvements and that's why we're seeing some we've seen some blowouts but also some closer games that that's where the level has sort of risen in women's football yeah and i mean as the usa coach he's someone who's working with a formidable team who have as i said before solidified practices, routines, things in place. And a lot of these other teams have been spending the last four years of their campaign trying to up the ante. And and that's where you see these big jumps, these big gains, um, you know, and, and different teams. And, you know, it's exciting seeing countries, um, different parts of the continent, you know, within Africa, whether it's Morocco or, or whoever, you know, really impressing Japan the other night. Wow, they just... These teams are coming on with leaps and bounds, and that's what we need in sport. We need these teams, the the teams that I guess people are least expecting or maybe not keeping their eye on. When they do deliver, when they step up, that's what makes you know these these number one, two sides in the world have to stand up and do better. And it's actually better for everyone, isn't it? It's better for the sport. It's better for people as fans. It's it's just. Yeah, it's better for the world. <laughs> yeah, it is. And we're now in a situation, as we come into the round of 16, where we've got really a lot of teams that could potentially win this World Cup and no sort of standout favourite. I mean, you mentioned Japan. I mean, they beat Spain, I believe it was 4-0 the other night, and they were great. And they really played a kind of rope-a-dope game against Spain. They held back and they, they attacked on the counter and they looked amazing and they showed the world how to beat Spain. They're one team who could potentially beat it. You mentioned England, we've talked about Sweden, Germany, Australia, perhaps the United States if they get it together. There are so many teams that could win this competition. Yeah, and you know what, I think a big part of it, and I'm not a coach, but a big part of it does come down to how versatile teams can be. You know, if we just go back to Spain and Japan, the Spanish clearly had a game plan. They were trying to attack, attack, attack. And the Japanese just jumped on, pounced on any ball that they could when they had the opportunity to attack. And when they attacked, they scored. And I think, you know, they were able to sort of capitalize on opportunities. And that is what I think is going to make the difference for a lot of these teams, being able to adapt, work on the fly and, and you know, really be versatile because, you know, you can't just go out there and play one game plan and realize, oh, this team's playing differently. You have to adapt. Um, and I think those are the teams that are really going to step up. And I guess, yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be exciting to see who actually does prevail. I I think the rankings, in a way, go out the window they, at this they, point. Absolutely. You know, because what do they count for? At the end of the day, as we know, it's it's the, the team that turns up on the day, the t team that delivers. Um, and it's really exciting to be at this point in time. And, you know, we've had a few sort of upsets in this and that. But if the USA want to prove that they their number one ranking means something, you know, now was the time. Carpe diem. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think you make a great point. It's that um, it's that ability to do, adapt mm. and that ability to sort of be multifaceted. I think, you know, we saw the other night against Sweden. I keep talking about Sweden because they were so impressive. But their set pieces were fantastic. But they also played beautifully through the midfield and their defence was great. So they've got those aspects of their play. You talked about Spain and they were playing that lovely tic-a-tac-a kind of Spanish football. But they had no plan B mm. when it wasn't working. 
So, yeah, the teams that have that versatility, that ability to score in various ways will be the ones that will go through. And another thing that becomes even more important now is depth because players are going to start, unfortunately, just being honest, injuries do come into play. So as that happens, people are going to be going to their bench, seeing what that depth looks like, and that, again, it goes back to that agility, being versatile, and, um, yeah, it just, it just adds a little bit of extra as I say, spice <laughs> to the whole tournament. Well, what it means is that the fans are getting a great tournament. We've had the one millionth um, fan come through the turnstiles. and at the Kiwis, moment, might I add. <laughs> Kiwis are getting all the milestones. Um, 1.5 million tickets have been sold. Yep. And um, there are more to come. Yeah, and the target was 1.7. So already sitting here, today is, what, Wednesday? 22 matches to be played from today onwards. 19 days until the final. And as you say, last night, um, we had 42,000. I've got the numbers here because I got to announce it last night. 42,958 people Let's were in the stadium. Let's call it 43,000. Yeah. <laughs> 43,000 fans in the stadium last night. I mean, it was just phenomenal. And that is another record crowd for New Zealand, for football, for a football game in New Zealand. So these records are being broken. People are watching women's football. And, um, you know, for those in the back of the room in the corner, like, this is, this is where the money needs to go, you know. This is why um, there should be more investment into women's sport because people do care. And it is entertaining, isn't it? It absolutely is. And last night, Emma Rebellato spoke to the CEO of Football Australia, James Johnson, and she asked him about the ticket sales and the fans coming to this competition. What's been your overall view of this Women's World Cup and the way that crowds here have responded and also TV audiences, both here and overseas? We sat down with FIFA uh, together with New Zealand Football as a co-host and talked about the KPIs that we wanted to see in this tournament. We wanted to sell 1.5 million tickets. We've sold over that. Um, the average attendance in 2019 World Cup in France was 21,000. The average today is 28,000 across both Australia and New Zealand, and it's 31,000 in Australia alone. So it's uh, by far the biggest Women's World Cup that the world has ever seen, and we're very proud to, to be the host of that competition. Ash Tullock, we've probably spoken for far too long. There's a <laughs> lot to look forward to today. So thanks once again for your time. No, thank you, and bring on the rest of the tournament. <laughs>